0: Yeah. songezoma phece on the viewpoint
1: khodos bu di saka setlompheang ke batla ke nale botata ba horna ke Africa baneng afrika etla me ya hore go beeleletsa ati le o thunkile afrika ka bo go beele gwedie na yo thunkile afrika eh robane ka tlamme ya huinyenyefatsa eh hobani go sa ho ho Dula rekete ka Afrika lebo bochaba ba rona sele moporta joale hle ibe afrika fela gwedinye itseng ka boltsa tsing le itseng ha ho na kwa europa ka bona leletsa hobani rona And my spokesperson will translate what I've told
0: her to say. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'm joking, ladies and gentlemen. That's the producer, Lesejo. Very versatile in many languages. Lesejo, what did that voice note say?
2: Okay, his name is Noah. Um, He spoke in Sesotu, and he says it bothers him that South Africans, oh, sorry, I don't know how you guys do this. Okay. Just carry on talking. You. He says it bothers him that Africa has got such a rich identity. Africa has got um, so much beauty, yet we belittle all of this richness, all of the history, and we just confine it to one day, and we confine it to just one month. Mm. Yet you'll never hear Europeans saying we have... Europe Day or Europe Month, you know. There are Europeans...
0: 365, yeah.
2: Every day, Monday to Monday. Thank you.
0: Well, if this be anything, this is the start of something. Quite what it will be, quite what it is, I am not sure. Never before have we been as inundated, both with calls and voice notes on this platform. It is something that clearly speaks to a hankering or some other yearning within the many homes of this country about the value of speaking to people. Sure, we speak with people. Sure, we impart knowledge and what version of wisdom we think we have as SAFM, as a station and talk show hosts in particular. That we have had in this hour As much a response, purely on an open-ended request, speak to us in your language and how it has not only allowed so many first-time callers to come through onto the platform, but so many languages, languages that are African, not just South African languages. It is something that I will have to apply my mind. Quite how it is going to pan out, I really don't know at this point. Suffice to say, thank you for the engagement. We still have some 20, 25 minutes left of this program. Best believe some of your thoughts in your languages will yet be aired. For now, let's go to Dr. Elizabeth Nanziri, Director of the African Centre for Development Finance at Stellenbosch Business School. The conversation here: sending money home could help finance – Africa's development. Dr. Elizabeth Nanziri, in your home language, good evening. Say hello to South Africans and preface your conversation all in your native language.
2: Oh, good evening, Songhezhu. Thank you for having me.
0: Would that be your native language, Dr. Elizabeth Nanziri?
2: Um, Habari. There we go. <laughs>
0: habari. Habari, Ako? Um,
2: Muzuri Sada.
0: Asante Sana. Talk to us then please. Sending money home could help finance Africa's development. Have a conversation to us about, because we know that this happens, precisely how then it can be used and channeled for the much required socio-economic development on the African continent. How can we channel, therefore, this practice into something of meaningful gain?
2: Okay, so this is an important uh, topic at the moment because of the number of migrant workers that the world is seeing. So we all know that uh, the very many individuals that leave uh, in countries that are not necessarily their birthplaces, places. <clears throat> and so signing money back home is definitely important in as far as it helps, uh, in so far as it helps, uh, you know, meet the needs uh, of the people we leave back home. So, it is important in a way that it helps those that we leave home to manage or smooth their consumption, uh, be able to afford those items that we're not able to ordinarily, um, send kids to school, uh, get medical cover or medical care. So those three components are what we're saying that actually uh, remittances uh, are helping households to, uh, to deal with. So it's, it's quite an important uh, element that we should start considering seriously. And countries uh, and governments are actually beginning to look at the same um, component on how to leverage remittances.
0: Remittances sent by migrant workers to their home countries in sub-Saharan Africa just in 2020, and of course this has to be taken in context, in COVID times where a lot of economic activity was stunted, yet amounted to 585 billion South African rands, 42 billion U.S. That is quite a substantial amount which we can only hope and anticipate it will increase in 2021 given the relaxation of COVID-related restrictions this is clearly big money. How then do governments leverage this? I would imagine from a tax perspective or foreign exchange control regulations and the like, this must be something worthy of a conversation at a very high political level.
2: Absolutely. So there are two ways uh, governments you know, can leverage this. At a micro level, let's start there. That when we send monies back to the households themselves by increasing the consumption, government is able to, uh, uh, you know, take monies from their, you know, informal um, taxes uh, on their consumption. Uh, that said, uh, we can then look at the uh, the macro level. Here we're saying that governments can leverage this further by, um, so, say one one common tool or vehicle would be what we call the diaspora bonds. So this is a scenario where government targets those high-income migrants who've got patriotism and funds that they can spend or spare to be able to invest back home. So if governments can issue diaspora bonds, that's one of the, the many ways. The other mechanism that we have seen other countries, such as Mexico, in Latin America, do is that at community level, migrant workers can send money to, say, a municipality. Now, the municipal government can match those uh, investments or those remittances to be able to have, for instance, um, social services such as hospitals or schools that we know communities and municipalities are going to need. So that's another form. Um, when they are projects, so countries like Nigeria, Kenya, um, Ghana, which is also about to, um, to launch or issue a bond, have been able to get uh, funds from their diaspora members specifically towards a certain type of investment, a development uh, um, investment, such as, let's say, road network, transport, energy, water, and all of that. So there are many ways governments can leverage uh, these um, diaspora or sorry remittances what we do not want to see which some governments have mm. done mm. uh is to tax this money if you tax this money it's not really good if you tax it at the at the, at the receiving end it's not good it's a black it market i would imagine it would
0: create a black mod mar- a black market of course
2: Oh, no, 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 no. There's no black market. We're not talking black market. We will be talking black market. Uh, okay. We won't even talk black market. We'll talk informal savings, okay? Or informal Very mechanisms, well. yeah, of transfer. And what forces people to do that is because of the cost of remitting. That is not good at the moment. South Southern Africa has the highest cost of remitting. And that forces individuals to actually use um, uh, informal mechanisms.
0: Final question, and I am alive to the fact that you have a TV interview at any minute now. How technology can leverage all of this, make it more seamless, less costly, and that much more efficient in terms of dispatch and receipt?
2: It would, and this is what we thought, because we have a lot of intakes uh, at, the, at the moment. Unfortunately, for south and Africa, that doesn't seem to have worked. In cases, uh, in places where we have, for instance, mobile money, and uh, especially through this um, COVID, the pandemic, where everything was shut down, lockdowns, we discovered that yes, we could leverage the mobile platforms to be able to uh, um, send monies between countries. So we would have expected that with the advent of that of financial uh, innovations, the cost would come down. So far, it's not yet uh, filtered in, and especially SADC. We must complain that SADAC corridors are still very expensive. So we're hoping that uh, the practitioners are listening Mm -hmm. and they'll do something about that.
0: We will have to have this conversation again with a bit more time and less pressure. Elizabeth Nanziri, Asante Sana, Nenda (laughs) Vuziri.
2: Asante, good night. Thank you.
0: Dr. Elizabeth Nanziri, Director of the African Center for Development Finance at Stellenbosch
2: Business School. After the break, we continue with Hashtag the African Narrative.